You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. Hey everyone, happy Monday to you all. Welcome to Rocking Dead. We are live and we have a great episode planned for you this evening. We're jumping all the way back. We're going back a little bit in time, time kind of when the show was really cool and fresh. And I'm not saying the show is not cool, but it's we're going back to season three. We've got Vincent M. Ward here with us this evening and we're going to be talking, obviously, aka Oscar. Vincent, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just getting home from a long trip, but everything is good. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is an honest, an honest pleasure. You were telling me you're at the airport today. Is there anything you can share with us where you were? Is it something you got to keep kind of on a down low or? Uh, no, I was, uh, I've been on tour with uh, Snoop Dogg in a play called Redemption of a Dog, starring Snoop, uh, myself, Tamar Braxton, Omar Gooding, Eric Benet, Little JJ, uh, Mike Strong. Um, and we've been, we've been touring actually Oakland last night was the last last day of the tour but we you know uh this past weekend it was la long beach and oakland but we've been in chicago detroit cleveland dc virginia and it's been a hit it's been a hit you know what you're preaching to the choir here to a family here that loves snoop dogg no i saw a post on your facebook page first i saw two posts they've one you posted and shared our event so thank you bless you for doing that that's very kind of you and then i saw the snoop dogg post and i thought possibly like doing a lot of backstory research on you as well too. I knew you do you do a lot of theater and a lot of plays, but I thought possibly the Snoop Dogg was uh, like a, an older event, so that's really recent. But we love him Very. to death here. And and shots out to Snoop because he received his star on Hollywood Boulevard. Yes, today. and I was going to try to make it, but my, my luggage was lost, so I had to sit at the airport for like two and a half, three hours, and my flight was only fifty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That was a pain. Oh, he's got to be—he's got to be thrilled to have that. That's so cool. That—that that star, humble, most humble guy you ever want to meet. Um, this was his first play, mm-hmm. and I, he took it very serious. You know, a lot of times when you think of Snoop, of course you think about rapping and you know a few other things. But when you come to a play, you're like Snoop doing a play, okay? Because honestly, I was like that at first. I thought he was just gonna be in a couple of scenes, and that was it. Mm-hmm. This guy is all the way through the through the play, and he did an awesome job. He had the first week he had all his lines memorized. That's <laughs> fantastic. I, I, th- I think a lot of people look to Snoop and they they kind of they stereotype him for a particular thing he can do. He can rap. And he don't do that, and you know they they think smoking and all that kind of stuff. But Snoop is is a genius, and I'll I'll share something that, that you're going to probably laugh at me, but maybe not. Where I love him a lot as well, too, my son. I've got a son who's 12 years old, and he loves Gorillas, the band Gorillas, and turned me on to them. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I love them to death. And Snoop's done some stuff with them way back, and then he's also done stuff recently as well, too. They did the track on the Now Now album, their recent tour, and I think it's her last tour for about 10 years, which is kind of a shame. But he did a track called Hollywood. And when Snoop comes in, it's almost like, okay, stop. Everyone stop what you're doing. It's Snoop now. And you sit there listening to Snoop, and it's just... It's like amazing. It's just just totally amazing. I mean, for the first couple of weeks, I just couldn't stop looking at it. You know? <laughs> yeah, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was a little, 
I was a little nervous, but he makes you feel so welcome, makes you feel like you're part of the family. And uh, he's a great guy. He's, I mean, he's so, so down to earth. And for a minute there, I'm like, this guy cannot be this nice. Yeah. But you, you know, it falls back once again is you can't believe everything that you see and read. True. You know, in, on social media or in the news. Well, I guess. So, I mean, this place is about redemption. It's about him uh, redeeming his life, showing you where he came from, you know, from the streets to the church. It's a message behind it. And the people who enjoyed it the most is the people who went to church, who goes to church. And it's, a, it's some cussing in it, it's some violence in it. Mm-hmm. I play a character named Big Sauce, uh, and I, I, I test his faith. That's my whole thing is to make sure he doesn't go over to that next that, you know, that next journey in his life that he passed. You know, I don't know. <laughs> him, I don't know him as a man, but what I, I've never heard a person say a bad thing about the gentleman. And the fact that I, I love that. And you're, you're the same type person as well, too. You know where you've came from. You never take things for granted. And there's some people in, in, in the, whether it be in the music business or in Hollywood and acting, you know, they sometimes forget where they came from. And, you know, there's that ladder we climb to success. And we're some, you know, you got to come back down that ladder at some point in your life. And you're wearing some cl- some golf cleats, and you're clawing those hands that are holding that ladder for you. You got to come back down, and those people are going to be there again for you. And you just can't do that. You got to be. You got to appreciate where you come from, and always recognize. And that's one thing I don't understand is you know a lot of times people work so hard to get to this certain place in their life, mm-hmm. and then once they finally get there, they mess it up with drugs or women or alcohol mm-hmm. or. They, their ego gets a hold of themselves and they blow it up. They get to the point that people don't even want to work with them anymore. And I never get like that because I know what I've gone through and what I'm going through to get to where I want to be. I tell people all the time, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. There you go. Because you're always, you're never content, you know, with, with status quo. You always want to reach for the stars, but you certainly look back and you look in that rear view mirror like, you know, I've come a long, a very long way. Yeah. 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 Doing what you do for, you, you love it. You're putting food on the table, doing what you do. You know, the bills are paid, you know, and some people don't have that luxury, right? And, and you know, even for me, I have 10 grandkids, believe it or not. 10. 10. That's, that's a lot. I have- grandkids so i want to leave something for them i want to be that grandfather that leaves you know a dynasty for for my grandkids or be in a position to be able to take care of my parents you know my mom and dad that's been in my life and supported me for 47 years i want them to be able to just sit back and chill you know with our our parents they don't know how to just relax they retire and then go find something else to do yeah because they worried about well we still have a mortgage we still have car payment and all that so i just want to be in a place to not only put them you know where they don't have to worry but to make them proud in the same breath i've always been like that and you know i I, to this very day i don't cuss in front of them yeah you know i won't even have a drink in front of them because i respect them so much you know for everything that they've done for me and, and and my sister and you know and my kids also Sure. I, I love that. And I, I don't want to stereotype you as saying, you know, a mama's boy, but I'm a mama's boy. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it. I respected my mom very, very much. And I think I think you had a proud mom. I don't, is your mom still with us or no? 
My okay. mom and dad. Okay, I bet you. I bet you they're very proud, and I think there's some real uh, morals uh, that you have there that obviously you're passing on. But I can see a very, very proud mom, and I bet you. I bet you. You probably had your butt kicked a couple times as a kid to point in the right direction. <laughs> I got a whooping. I wasn't a bad kid, but you know, uh, I never. We were. We didn't have gangs where I lived. Sure. I never got any gangs. I never sold drugs. Hell, I've never even smoked weed, and I'm 47 years old. Because being an athlete, my my parents always scared me. It was like somebody gonna put something in it. Yeah. You, you better watch out. And to this very day, even if I think about it, especially being on this tour, as much as I was around it, Snoop. I still hear my mom's voice like, I say, like, nah, I'm cool. And plus, I don't want to start off with the hard, hard. Sure. Anyways, you know what I mean? But what did mom think when I'm you said, what, what, does it, I'm just saying, I, I just never had that urge to do it. What did mom think when you said, hey, mom, guess what? I'm doing a tour of Snoop Dogg. Oh, man, they came to the play. <laughs> they came to the play and Snoop treated them like it was his parents, his his aunt, his sister or, or nephew. Because those are people who came, you know, my sister. and them, So he treated them. And they were so happy. They actually been the talk of the town. Nice. They had more views and more likes than me on their page because they had Snoop with them. <laughs> <laughs> that's classic. I love it. That's hilarious. Let's jump over to the chat for a second. So that's very cool. I really I admire you for that. The fact that, you know, you nece- you didn't necessarily have these luxuries at your fingertips. You're trying to look after the grandkids and the, and the family. That's very uh, admirable. Over in the chat, we've got some regulars over here. Uh, we've got Pooh Ninja here. He's a regular. Gary Holt is here. Let's get this party started. Uh, Jasmine Allen is here saying hi. Bad Wolf Tail. We're going to talk about Bad Wolf Tail a little bit throughout the evening, too, when we talk about some theories. He's over in the, in the UK and is a uh, Walking Dead theorist and comes up with some really, really cool theories. And we'll test your knowledge and see where you're at with The Walking Dead. And I'll share some of his theories with you and see what you think as well, too. Um, Enrique, Enrique Santana, I'm looking forward to having him on the show. He runs probably the world's largest um, Walking Dead Facebook group on on, on, on the internet. It's fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm going to probably, he's going to probably be upset with me for saying this. I think 50,000, maybe even more fans. It's, it's a very large group. So very nice okay. to have him here. And he's got some comments for you here in a moment as well, too. Uh, Curtis Murata is here, my beautiful nocturnal butterfly. She's here. She's going to be sharing links for you throughout the evening through your your face, or sorry, your website, which is a plethora of information on you, your Facebook page, and your IMD profile, IMDb profile, which is crazy as well too. So we'll be sharing that, and I have all your links in the description down below as well too. Um, Enrique says, uh, Vincent, seen you in the cable commercial. I've, I've been hearing about this, and I haven't heard this because I don't have cable anymore, and I've been hearing everyone talk about this. Vincent, seen you in the cable commercial. Yeah. It says, you still down to Dancing with the Stars? Uh, yeah, I, I still go out there and cut a rug. But, <laughs> but going, to my, going to the commercial, my commercial is a direct TV commercial, and it's all about quitting cable. Okay. <laughs> so I play a football coach on there, and I'm, they, take the, they actually took the scene from the movie Any Given Sunday with uh, Al Pacino. Love it. Giving the speech to the team, so that's exactly what I'm doing. But I'm hyping them up to quit cable. Okay, there you go. Yeah. And and you know it's really funny too. We're gonna get deep into Walking Dead tonight too, and a lot into your career as well too. But there's so like with season nine starting just a while back, we're at, we're eight episodes into it this weekend. There's all these stats out there saying the the lowest ratings in history and things like that. But people, what they're not taking into into consideration is 
many people like yourself, like myself, probably, I'd say probably at least a third of the people in the chat are quitting cable. So those ratings aren't fair. They're not fair because people are like, they're either streaming it illegally, you know, uh, or they do what they got to do to watch a show. And, and I don't blame them because some people can't afford cable. You know, we we're talking about that just a while ago. That's a luxury. Right. Yeah. So, cable has gotten very expensive. That's right. So until we figure that out, then it's going to be a lot of people that quit cable. And there's so many people that's on their phones nowadays that, you know, they really just don't watch TV. That's right. And it's not just about getting cable. Any Like a, a lot of people, I shouldn't say anyone can get cable because some people have hard enough time putting food on the table for their children. But the people that can afford cable, that's package number one. Now I want AMC or I want this. That's a la carte and we got to add this. It's like, okay, now I'm 100 bucks a month. I don't want I don't want that. Right? Yeah. 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 I, hey, and I'm, I'm a victim of it because I have to have all the bells and whistles. I know. I have to, I just have to, if I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it. That's right. But then I'm being like, dang, a lot of times I'm not even here. I know. It's it's almost like it, it, you feel guilty, right? Like I'm I'm and I'm going to go off on a tangent just for a second. As you know, I'm a musician. You can see a lot of the gear behind me. And I've gotten to this new digital world where digital now has caught up with the old analog world. And I have gear sitting here that, you know, a lot of people would, you know, just to give anything to have and it's sitting there and I'm not using it. So I'm, I'm turning it into money and paying bills with it and, and, and putting it in the bank. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel comfortable to have some of these things that, that I could be turning into lucrative assets, you know? And it's just like with me. And this is, this is the honest God truth. The other day I cleaned out my closet of all zombie walking dead t-shirts and all that other stuff. And I was like, you know, maybe I can do a giveaway or something. You know what I mean? Because it's like I'm not wearing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to have been a part of The Walking Dead. But in the same breath, that's not where my career started. And that's not where it's going to end. Exactly. It was an opportunity to be on a show that I didn't even know anything about. I had no clue what The Walking Dead was. When I told finally I had the opportunity to tell somebody that I was on that I'm gonna be on the walk of dead, they were more excited than me. I was like, <laughs> Okay, what is this? You know, because I wasn't supposed to say anything. Yeah. And then once I finally had the opportunity to say it, it was, you know, people were excited. And I didn't I hadn't even I hadn't even watched it and I have shot my fourth episode. So when it was the marathon, I went and watched the other, you know, the first and second season. But it was different to me because during the third season, the group wasn't the same in the first and second season. Right. The group, let's get it, let's make it happen type thing. First and second season, it was like, oh, my God, there's a walk or whatever they was calling. Sure. Run. So it was a little different from from getting to know the people to watching them in the first and second season. Well, what I think is really cool. Like, <laughs> oh, I hear you totally. And I have this as a point later on in the program, but I'll address it now. One of the cool things I liked it about you is the fact that, that you didn't know about it. So you're going into kind of blindfolded a little bit, but your character, Oscar, for the, for, I'm sure everyone knows Oscar. Um, that's one of the best seasons in my, in my opinion. I told you why earlier with season three, but Oscar and you share some similar barriers or some similar characteristics where the fact that you and your life, 
like we're going to go into a tiny bit of backstory. You were into sports and were very successful on it. You didn't beg the coach for the the prime position. You didn't beg people to get into a play. You didn't beg the Walking Dead uh, to get this role. You worked for it and you got it. And in The Walking Dead, as Oscar's character, you know, he basically Rick Grimes and the whole people come in, they take over the the prison, and that's now their home where it was technically your home. You know. So, you know, Sheriff, Sheriff Grimes comes in there and it's okay, sorry guys, it's our place. And there's a scene where you're about to be killed and you're like, you know, you do what you got to do, man, but I ain't going to beg for my life. I ain't never begged for my life and I ain't about to start now. That, so you do what you got to do. <laughs> that is it right from the script. And that was pretty right. cool. And then I love how also this was very, very cool. Too. I mean, we're just going to reminisce for a second. When you were actually, uh, you know, you took out your partner. I, what was his name again? Um, not Marcus. What was his name? Oh, man. I forget. I, I just, it's I, okay. I <laughs> it's okay. But you took the gun, whoosh, spun it around, and you gave it to Rick. And Rick actually thought you were going to shoot him. You spun it around and gave it to him. And you earned your you earned your keep right there. Like you were a part of the team. Me that trick. What's He did? Yeah, Lou Temple taught me the whole gun trick. No way. Yeah, it was it was actually Lou's idea, and because I was like, man, I don't want to drop it. <laughs> you know, he's like, no, just do it like this. I was like, all right. So the the first couple times I've done it, they kept it. That is awesome. I did. I de- definitely had some questions about Lou because I love Lou to death. Lou and I have become good friends, as you've seen on on social media. We've been tweeting him and things like that as well too. That guy is the chameleon of all chameleons. He can he just flies in under the radar, gets into a role and owns it. Was was there anything, I mean and I think and he, we talked about this with Lou on the show. We talked about um Axel and Oscar having a full story that we never got a chance to discuss, you know. I really do think the two of them could have contributed to um success of a couple seasons of Rick's group, you know, you each had your talents. Um I see Axel a lot as current Dwight maybe more, maybe even stronger. So, um, Dwight's is all over the place. And of course, having your reinforcement, you know, big, strong guy, um, you know, will follow Rick, but you also have, uh, you know, sense to that, you know, maybe Rick, you're not going in the right direction. I think you could have been a, a voice of reason to him. Right. But you're cut so short. I probably would have been. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I don't think you would, I, when I say you, I don't think Oscar would have had a hard time speaking to Rick and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm sorry, brother, you're not going the right direction here. And uh, I'm not down with this. I'm just not going to do it. I agree. I agree. Uh, 100%. I actually thought, you know, sometimes they tell you how many episodes you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And um, as the time went on, I thought that they were going to keep me around a lot longer. Mm-hmm. You know, I started noticing like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But then when they, <laughs> me and Lou laugh about this, when it's like, well, you're going with them to Woodbury, I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, that's not going to be good. <laughs> and I told Lou, and he was like, what did you hear? I said, I didn't hear anything. I just got a feeling I'm not coming back. And that's what happened. That was a classic scene as well, too, because that also, as, as much as it was sad to see you go, that was, was, Rick was going through these hallucinations, something fierce. And one of, the, one of the first times he's losing his mind completely, you know, seeing Lori here answering the phone, it's Lori's on the phone. And uh, so you guys are storming Woodbury, which was an intense scene. And I watched that again tonight because I kind of forgot, you know, exactly how you, I knew you exited um, in the Woodbury era, but I forgot how it went down. <clears throat> and so Rick is 
looking into the smoke. There's smoke bombs everywhere. All the team, Daryl and everybody's throwing smoke bombs. And they're doing camouflage stuff. And Rick looks into the distance and he sees Shane again hallucinating, which turned out to be um, one of the governor's, you know, just guards, whatever. And he's pop, 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 shooting off some rounds, clipped you. Yep. Right. Yep. Clipped you. And then Maggie, unfortunately, had to put you down. So you didn't uh, put down Oscar. So he didn't turn. I was like, oh, man. put me down, though. What's that? But did you see her put me down? No, no, we didn't. I know. So you know what? That sets up. There's all these bodies that we don't see, like over in Fear the Walking Dead. Madison's gone, right? And we don't see the body. She lights a match and lights up the whole stadium and sacrifices herself, supposedly. But there's arguments, right, that maybe there's some Oscar out there. Maybe Oscar's out in Virginia somewhere. I don't know. Where is he? Hey, he's still laying there saying, help! <laughs> in eight, nine years, help! <laughs> Catering, help! I need some food, man. I've been down here for a while. The, the way We talked about this uh, on some of my other shows, too, some of my live streams and some of my pre-recorded videos. We're talking about all these movies that are coming out now. This, this is the only thing... I'm, I'm going to be gentle here. Um, I was I was never a fan of Scott M. Gimple. I just what and I know you he was there on the writing staff back in that day. He was Glenn Glenn Mazar's understudy at the time. He worked for Glenn. Now he became the showrunner and you know now the chief content guy of everything. And we'll be as polite as we can, you know, as as polite as we can. We I I'm sure just like you and, and me, mom taught us not to say anything bad about anybody, right? So we'll we'll be delicate. But what I, I will say that I love about the man is I love this expansion now into the multi-universe. So now we have movies coming out. And I talked about this. Um, this I talked about this in three videos, or I mentioned this three different people in videos, but I didn't mention you. And I'm going to toss this out here. So I thought, okay, so now we're talking a Rick Grimes story. Rick Grimes left in season nine recently, and there's going to be three movies uh, that are going to tell us what happened, what happened from that moment he's gone. But then I started to talk about in my other videos, I think I'd love to see the the um, failing relationship, marriage relationship of Negan and his wife. And let's what happens with Negan. Let's talk about that and how Negan become this broken man. And now the only way I can survive is, you know, being a, a, a vicious ruler. I'd like to see a movie on the governor. I think that was a great because you worked with the governor. I love I love him. David Morrissey. Me, the scariest guys. And he's tall, too. Is he? I'm or he's probably like a little taller than me. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Intimidating. Intimidating for sure. So there's yeah. him. And I also mentioned the brotherhood of Daryl and Merle. Like, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, kind of a weird, weird ass, dysfunctional brotherly relationship. Like, I mean, I would not want to be the, either of those boys growing up there. You know, I don't know what their problem was, but I would love to see that movie play out on the screen. But... Let's go back and talk about the potential of season three and what the inmates, you and, and your teams at the at the prison, had to face pre-apocalypse and post-apocalypse. I think that's a movie in itself. I would I would love to see that, and I would have loved for them to show what exactly happened. You know, hell, I don't even know what happened. To right. be honest with you, you know, I would have loved for them to had deal at least a flashback to show how everything went down because that was a lot of deaths. That was, that was a lot of people yeah. getting killed, you know, in, in one, in a prison. So yeah, I would have wanted to see that. And a lot of people used to ask me about that. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I know you, you just have to guess like we all do. Right. Right. Even like for my backstory, 
I didn't even know I was in jail for breaking and entering until Axel said something. (laughs) Oscar's in here for being mean. He's not even that good. That's right. That's right. Entering. And I tell people all the time, just because somebody's in jail or, or in prison, it doesn't make them a bad person. They just made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, life all choices, you know, breaking and entering. I looked at it like, well, he was breaking and entering because he was trying to take care of his family. Right. No, that's not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But you got caught. You got your hands caught in a cookie jar. So I know guys that's in jail right now. They just they just made a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. And now they're for their mistake. So they they pay their time. They uh, and a lot of cases and I'm not in all cases, but a lot of cases there is no harm done. You know, there is no no one injured. It's, you know, a man robbing a liquor store to literally put food on his, um, you know, family's table. I don't condone it either. I don't say it's right, but it is it's, it is necessity. It's the way the world's going today. You know, you got to do what you got to do. But I, I love the idea of that backstory. And for now, we just have to all hypothesize and, and wonder what happened. But you never know that the day could come, especially now with this new blanket going everywhere, forward and backward in time. You know, you could get in a call from your agent saying, guess what? Prison scene is about to be uh, uh, revisited. That would be awesome. I'd love to see that for you. There was plenty of times I trained about I'm about to go go back and wreck shop. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because I really kept in mind because the fans are the people are the ones who told me, well, we really didn't see you get shot. We just saw Laura, Laura shoot and turn her head. Yep. And then I looked at it, I'm like, well, they didn't really. Well, I'm not gonna go too much into yeah. that. You know, I ain't gonna tell them myself, but yeah, you know, I, just going by that, you know, it was like bang shot. She could have been shooting at one of the governor's people, but of course, everybody assumes she shot me. Yeah, well, so. think think of this too. Look at Rick. I mean, Rick falls down on rebar and gets like uh, you know shish kebabed with a rebar in season nine, and he survives that. You get which looks like a clip. You know, I mean, I, if I got shot with a BB gun, I'd probably cry like a baby. But, you know, a pellet gun. But you got clipped. Oscar got clipped. And that did you win? Come on. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? You know, we can always hope, right? We can, And that's what's so cool about Walking Dead is that we all have opinions and theories. And sometimes we get scrutinized and hated for our theories. But can you blame people for wanting to theorize? I mean, we didn't see a body. We didn't see that person. And I'm not just talking about Oscar. I'm talking about anybody and and it's so sad that a lot of us can't voice our opinions and our hopes to see what could potentially come from that character without hate coming on us. But you know what? Keep voicing your opinions. I tell that to people all the time. If you get someone hating on you for voicing your opinion about a character you'd love to see live on, keep voicing your opinion. That's the only way you can deal with those haters. Yeah, and then a lot of people just they take it too serious. It's like it's it's a TV show. I know. Why are you threatening me? Or why are we? arguing about something that we're not really even a part of yep you know i just i don't i don't don't understand that it's just like like conventions right Mm -hmm. what i don't understand is and this is no dig at anybody yep i hate on anybody yep but how does a person who does cosplay be more be more uh popular than the person that they're cosplaying i know sometimes (laughs) it happens I don't I don't understand that, you know, it's because they got a lot of followers or what. But it's just the people who really are the actors. It should be the ones who get the love. I agree. Yeah, like sometimes you see the cosplayer, they've got two million followers and then the actor has like 500. 
I don't understand it. Yeah, it, it is what it is. It's sad. And I can give you two good examples of this hate that comes out. Let's go over to another show, another AMC property, which I love tremendously as Breaking Bad. You know, towards, I'm going to guess just a couple seasons in, you know, Walter's wife, Skylar, was getting like literally um, death threats, you know, literal death threats. And people just can't can't differentiate between an actor and a character. And that happened recently, uh, picking up in season nine, when we were introduced to Judith, uh, baby Judith now, who's kind of, you know, taking over the Grimes family. And both um, uh, Sarah Wayne Callies, who you've worked with very closely, and um, Pollyanna McIntosh. So we're talking different eras of Walking Dead. They're both basically saying, you know, go get him, girl, and things like that, right? And and right. they're getting death threats. I don't I don't understand. I, I think that's just the world that we we live in right now. Yeah. People don't realize death is real. Yeah. Once you kill somebody, they're not coming back. Yeah. And once you go to jail, you're not getting out. That's you know, right. you're taking away not only this person's life, but their family, everything. People have to live through that. I have a friend that works on the radio station here, and she says something to, you know, I forgot what she was talking about. And now she got a death threat from some guy Jeez. over her own opinions. Like, she's a she's a radio host, you know, and you sending death threats to her? I don't get it. Yep. That's, I, I, I try to really watch what I say to people online mm-hmm. nowadays for the simple fact I post where I am, mm-hmm. you know, find me. They know me. I don't know them, you know, so it's, it's unnecessary to, to argue, fuss and fight with people, especially when your, your job or your career, you have to say where you are. I know. You know, you, know, you don't want somebody to come stab you, shoot you, throw some acid on you or something like that over uh, over something petty on the internet. Yep. I saw I saw a recent example. One of the things, uh, you know, obviously we can always get into, tr- once we bring up politics and religion, it's a no-win situation, right? But I saw I saw a post recently, and I, I won't go down, I won't, tr- I'll try to make it as vague as possible. Um, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a real a political fan, and you can't win when it comes to politics. But there's a polit- particular politician that a, per- a lot of people don't like, right? And and I'm not necessarily a fan of this politician either. But my friend posted, you know, there's a, a you know a bit of a motorcade that went by, and um and he got he like he was like right close, and he got to wave, and he took a picture, and he was proud, so so proud that he got to see that person. Instead of everyone hating, saying you know blah blah blah, why can't we be happy for our friend, even if we're so greatly opposed to the person? Why can't we be happy for our friend that made his moment or her moment, right? Right. Yeah, but we got to talk. I, I remember around the election time, I had voiced my opinion on, you know, what was going on. And I remember a couple people had contacted me, inboxed me, said, you know, Vince, I love you, but I'm going to have to delete you. Oh, because come on. Whatever, 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 whatever. I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. That's fine with me. I don't, I don't know you anyway. Yeah. Like that. You know, so if you want to delete me because of my opinion or how I feel about somebody, then go ahead. It's a, it's a sad <laughs> it's a sad world that we live in. I, and I mean, it really, we're being divided, and it's not just politics. It's it, I mean, we can have fights over The Walking Dead for crying out loud, and people will delete us. Like you know, it's just it's absolutely crazy. I really hope something changes someday, especially you know, for someone who has ten grandchildren. I, I know you're probably thinking, you know, future for your for your um, uh, generation and, and the kids that something will come better for them. It, it probably isn't, 
but we can certainly hope for the best. That's right. Yeah, it is for sure. I'm going to jump over the chat. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some of the things. Say that again. These are Walking Dead fans that deleted me. It's like, we loved your character as Oscar, but we have to delete you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, fans. Yeah. Right. That's hilarious. Let's jump over to the chat for a second. We're going to come back to some questions about some things that you're working on now. Uh, Quentin James is here saying, hey, kids. Um, Let me see here. Uh, and of course, my nocturnal butterfly says Snoop. She loves Snoop. I think she likes Snoop as, as loves Snoop as, as much as me or more. Um, and Enrique Santana says rise and grind. Yeah, I used to love hearing that. Um, and Quentin James says karma, your reputation and what you leave behind makes you who you are. Yes, exactly. Very well. Gary Holt, everything I do is for my kids and grandkids. Very good family man. And hey, you know what? A lot of people are saying it's not, not a problem being a mama's boy. Quentin James says I'm so a mama's boy. And can you imagine, Vincent, someone comes up to you or someone comes up to me and says, you're a mama's boy. I'd say, thank you. What, why, what, now try to insult me. Right. Right? Yeah. I, honestly, I don't even see how that's even an, an insult. It's not. I, it's not. And if your wife or your girlfriend does it, like, you know what? You're just a mama's boy. Yeah. Then that's when they try to, you know, get you a little dig yeah. in on you. But if somebody says it, like, man, you're a mama's boy. Like, man, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I would not be who I was if it was not for my mom. They're guaranteed, mm-hmm. guaranteed. Me too. Yep. Now, how? I'm going to ask you a question. So, obviously, your mom was a huge um, role, and you're going forward and striving for the best. How? How was your dad? Was he equal? Was he less or more? Or uh, share with your dad. My dad is sort of laid back, but he's still, you know, right there. Basketball games, football games, my plays. Everything I talk to them all the time, you know, because I, you know, as as you get older, they get older. That's so right. You need, I tell anybody if your parents are still around, check on them because that's the only parents you ever going to have, you know. So you know, my dad is there. I talked to him a couple of days ago about my Ohio State Buckeyes just stinking up the field. <laughs> I think. and you know, he was he's always there too. But my mo- my mom was more. Yang, 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 yang. Yeah, <laughs> oysters on everything. So, well, I'm happy that they're here for you. Uh, both, both uh, my better half, your nocturnal butterfly, and myself, both all, all four of our parents are are gone, and and we, I think you you probably think think this right now too. We think our parents are immortal. They got these super capes, you know, like they're they're just gonna last forever, and sadly they don't. And you know, then that comes that time where. You're like, oh, I should have called more. I should have did this more. And you can't change that. You just, which, if I can offer one piece of advice, you'll probably echo the statement as well too. Don't just wish, just do, right? Try to do what you can, do what you can, spend the time with them. Um, you know, I think they'd rather see too much of us than not enough, not, not enough of us. Most definitely. Yeah. One, I agree 100%. Yeah. I'm really, so. I'm really happy to have that here to both your parents are here and that they're very, uh, very proud of you, which I know they are. Let's continue with the chat. Um, uh, Quentin James says, plus my father was chief of police. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty cool. That might get you out of a few speeding tickets. That's awesome. Uh, David Ennis is here saying, hello, Eric and Nocturnal Butterfly. How are you guys doing? Uh, Gary Holt, yes, he started 18, worked his way to sergeant, and then he was the department's first detective, eventually chief. Very cool. So we've got our first link to uh, Vincent's properties. We've got the uh, website, which is fantastic, vincentmward.com. Uh, let me see here. Um, I'll, I'll pause right there. So I'm going to jump over. 
and kind of looking at some of the projects you've been working on, we're going to step away from Walking Dead for a brief moment. You've got a lot of things in uh, pre-production and a lot of things in post-production. I mean, honestly, if people have ever thought, okay, this is this is a man who does some plays and he's done The Walking Dead, they're in for a surprise. Tell us about some of the things that you've just wrapped up, you're working on now, and that maybe some of the ones that might be kind of exciting for you to kind of share. I've started creating my own stuff. I got tired of being the guy that got gets killed off. So I was like, hmm, what can I do? So I created 12 unscripted shows and I, you know, I would give up acting to be a host nice. on a traveling show. Nice. People think that's crazy, but I, I, I love to talk. I love to, you know, make people laugh and go to different places, uh, you know, and, and see different things and drink and and eat up everything. To me, that's the best job in the world. <laughs> I agree. And I, I ended up creating, like some, like I said, some travel shows, some cooking shows, um, four horror shows or, or movies, which one right now is is my main one. It's called Devereaux. Okay. Um, it's like the New Age Candyman. So we're in uh, talks finally with some people about it. You know, a lot of times people are like, well, I thought you was doing this. I thought you was doing that. Hey, it's, it's, it's all good until you say, well, I need you to cut the check. And right. And you see how serious people are. You'll be like, oh, well, this is a business. Like, you know what? Thank you, but no thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 always, I always wanted to play <laughs> it's gonna sound crazy. I always wanted to play Jason or uh, Michael Myers, and you know I always looked at it until this latest Halloween that you never see their skin, right? You know, but I was like, well, why can't I play something like that? You got so, the height but, and the build. Yeah, and, and I've gotten um, to be friends with some of the guys who played those iconic characters, you know, from the conventions or what. Sure. Yeah, you I decided to start my own thing, and um, we'll see. And we're and I also decided to do a comic book for Devereaux. So I'm working with somebody with about my comic book as well. So you take the story to them and have them illustrate it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. Start with something. You know, I I always say I'm not a writer, but I I know what I like to see. As long so as you have I, ideas, you can have people assist you. Yeah. That's all it takes. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do a podcast myself. I'm gonna do a podcast, and I'm um on a sitcom that's streaming on the Win Network. It's called The Waldens, okay. where I get to play a funny a funny dad, sort of like Terry Crews on uh, Everybody Hates Chris. I love him. <laughs> He's hilarious. I was just standing for five years. Wow. Yeah. So I learned a lot from Terry. And also on the Win Network is one of my cooking shows called America's Chefs. Okay. I mean, America's Cooks. Okay. So also on the Win Network. And a few years ago, I did this short film called Mirror Mirror. Yeah. And now they're, they're turning it into a featured film. So we're going to start doing that in January. And uh, Death House. I don't know if you guys seen Death House. No, I haven't. Every legendary horror actor and actress is in there from d wallace to tony todd to everybody's in there and i play a character called it's it's, it's five of us it's called the five evils okay so they're gonna do a death house too 
and they're going to do Dawn of the Five Eagles. That's so, going to be very cool. That's, yeah, that's just a few things that I can think of right now. So I think you have a lot of fun with the podcast. I'll tell you one thing: where where my career ch- took a change. Over the past, like I, I've, I'm a retired musician, a retired touring musician. I played for 30 some odd years, 35 years probably. And it just, you know, you started like when you're playing original music, I've gone from playing original music to covers and a mix of both. But you're you're all over the place. You're away from your family 24-7. You're, you're starving. You know, a lot of cases, you know, trying to prove your worthiness out there. You're making enough money to buy a sandwich for four musicians and share pieces of it. And I eventually just said enough is enough. I had one of those epiphanies, you know, uh, when you, they say where your life flashes in front of your eyes and sometimes you see all the glory and sometimes you see all the horror. I didn't see any glory. I saw all the horror and I was like, I'm done. And then all of a sudden here comes YouTube. Now YouTube is just one form of a podcast. You could be doing things on iTunes, whatever you're going to do. I applaud you. And I think, you know what? You're going to have so much fun with it. You're going to learn a lot about yourself and you're going to have so much fun with these other your peers and things like that. So I can't wait. What, do you have any I, uh, ETA when you want to launch this? Um, I'll, I had planned on doing it after this tour, and yesterday was the well, yesterday was the final day of the tour. So good, definitely coming up. And another show that I created is called uh, damn, I forgot the name of it. It's with <laughs> my wife. <laughs> it's with my wife. We created a show together. She's shy, but she's coming out of her shell. Um, my wife, Takoya. Hello, Takoya, if you're watching. <laughs> um, and we're just doing some things with her. You know, I just want to I want to start doing like more family stuff. Yeah. The family connected because like two of my granddaughters, that's all they do. Well, two of my granddaughters and my nephew, my nephew, EJ, he's starting his very first play. December 7th. Nice. So, you know, yeah, he's been watching me since he was little. And um, I was a basketball star. And so he's playing basketball. He's, his, he's doing very well now. At first, he was a little, you know, timid or whatnot. But and I was coaching him and talking to him and just building up his, you know, just building up, getting him to where he needs to be. And so going back to my granddaughters, I had another commercial out. Um, like last year called Brevecto. Okay. And it was started off like Sons of Anarchy. And then <laughs> when the, the camera pans out, you see these big motorcycle gang guys holding this little puppy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically saying I want them all dead. So, you know, you're looking like, what? You want them all dead? But I'm talking about the fleas and ticks. Oh, that's so hilarious. Talking. Yeah. So, but, you know, they're they're starting to watch me. And, you know, with the Internet, with social media, you have to watch what you what you post. I know. Because you never know who's watching you. And I try to watch what I do because I know I have people that's watching me and I have grandkids that's mm-hmm. getting older that's watching me. Yep. I think some people need a breathalyzer on their keyboard. If they had such a thing, it's you know, wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. Yeah, I agree, so, I agree with that. Pretty much what I'm working on now. I, I love the fact that you're doing more stuff with the family. Uh, I think that's great and involving all of them. And I want to ask you this, because we've known a lot of us that know you and research you and know the story of the the success with sports, success with plays, success with dancing, success with acting. Can you, to give some people some inspiration, can you share some things with us that maybe you just sucked at? Is there anything in life that you were just horrible at and maybe give some inspiration to others? Like, you know, look, I was a failure at this. Is there anything? bad at relationships okay that's fair <laughs> i was 
bad at relationships because growing up, you know, with basketball and dancing, I was pretty popular and I was pretty popular with the ladies. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was out there. My first time on TV was on a show called Jenny Jones. Oh, remember that? She was Canadian. Lake back then. Yep. My first episode on Jenny Jones was called I'm a Player and She Knows It. Okay. <laughs> I may have actually seen that because that was a Canadian run show. Yeah. So my ex girlfriend took me on there and it was supposed to make me look bad, but it made me more popular. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Being Ohio, everywhere I went, people called me Jenny Jones. Okay. For years, I was Jenny Jones. But after a while, I looked at it as a negative. Okay. You know? Because it's like, damn, I'm just a big old cheater. You know? So that's, I I was bad at that. And um, I had to work on it. You know? But now I'm married, happily married. And I don't even think about cheating or anything, you know, because I remember all the bad stuff I went through. And true story, in my in my 20s to like maybe early 30s, I thought I would die by a woman killing me. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it would just pop in my head randomly. And sometimes I would have dreams that a woman would kill me. So that's why I said, I have to stop doing what I was doing. I wasn't a dog. I wasn't beating women. I just enjoy different women. Yep. That's one thing that I know I was bad at, having keeping a relationship. But then when I became good at it, I, I think I'm very good because I know how to treat my woman. So 2018, 2019, Vincent M. Ward gets a bit of a time warp, gets a time capsule, goes back to, you know, 1990s and has five minutes with young Vincent, pulls him outside of the club and said, look, dude, what would you say to him? Wear a condom. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I had two kids in high school, man. There you go. I had two kids in high school. And just be, be more respectful be more you don't have to be the center of attention all the time good one but for me it wasn't like i was trying Mm -hmm. i happened to have skills that people liked another true story i was probably in fifth or sixth grade on a basketball team Mm -hmm. and we would get nicknames on our jerseys you know what my nickname was on the back of my jersey that i picked and I didn't even know what it was. I have no and idea. Very, and to this very day, my mom teased me about that. She hits me every time. It was Mr. Gigolo. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mr. Gigolo on the back of my jersey. And to this very day, my mom teased me about that. And she was so pissed. And then she was mad at my coach. She was like, well, why would you put that on the back of his jersey? And he's like, well, that's what he wanted. <laughs> but I didn't even know what Mr. Gigolo even, I didn't even know what the Gigolo was. Right. I just liked the sound of the name. It does sound kind of neat. Yeah, Mr. Gigolo. That's right. David Lee Roth. I had a tattoo on my arm. It was Mr. Freak Nasty. <laughs> and it wasn't because of what you might think. It was because it was a dance that I used to do, and people used to like to see me do it, called The Freak Nasty. Okay. 
So I end up getting Mr. Freak Nasty. It's covered up now. Sure. But, you know, I I learned my lessons over the past, man. <laughs> and I guess maybe one other piece of advice: What would mom think, right? Wherever we make these these decisions in life that we're right or wrong, especially wrong, uh, what would mom think? And I got to go home and tell mom this. And it's so hard to tell our moms. You know, it's really funny here in the house. I'll scold Junior here and I'll say, "You you got to do this or this, whatever." And he he doesn't listen to me. I'll say, "I'm gonna go get mom," and he and he jumps, right? Like, okay, don't oh, tell don't tell mom. mom. She was the one who disciplined. Yeah. It was my mom, you know. But as I got old, as I got older. Like I said before, I didn't want to disappoint them. I just wanted them to be proud. I never got in trouble. I wasn't a bad kid. Mm-hmm. Which again, it was the choices, and it was just girls. I remember, I was part. I was the first freshman to ever start varsity on varsity basketball. So I was hanging out with the older guys, you know. And I remember this, and we laugh about this to this very day. I'm hanging out with the seniors. I'm a freshman, but I'm on a varsity basketball team. And I, I stayed out late. It was probably like two o'clock in the morning. And she's like, don't ever come back in here that late again. <laughs> I did it the very next weekend. Oh, no. I came home. All my clothes was in the front yard. But the funny thing about it, I had a, a best friend that I used to hang out with. He was my dance partner. And it was a place called Daybreak. And it was a place for runaways. Okay. And that night I stayed out that second weekend. I stayed out late. We passed that place. And I was like, man, what if our parents make us go there? And he was like, oh, that ain't going to happen. I swear to you. I got home. My clothes was outside. She said, come with me. We got in the car. And she took me to daybreak. No way. I called my butt at that time. And I was like, you would never believe where I am. And he was like, where? I said, I am at daybreak. He said, you lying. Because we had just passed that place. But it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. So she had the right to discipline me. And I never did it again. No. Did you ever Did you ever have this happen? And, that, and that's, that's smart because that really changed you. But did you ever have your parents say, uh, I'm not mad at you, son, but I'm disappointed in you? Did you ever have that? Because I think I got that from my parents sometimes. If I do something really, really wrong... You know, I don't know what it would be. Would it be? I was disrespectful in some way or whatever, and it wasn't too often because I would I would cut whoop too. But uh, you know, if you're disrespectful, my dad would say, and I think it was my dad. I think would say it the most, and that's what really hurt me. I'm not mad at you, son, but I'm disappointed, and that just crushed me. You know, I could, mm-hmm. I I think I'd rather my dad be mad at me, or maybe even my mom be mad at me than being disappointed. That's a tough one to rebound from. Man, I was that was punishment time for me. That was that was bad enough. I remember this one time. I called myself going to run away. <laughs> I went around the corner over my friend Mark Nell's house. And they was like, You running away? I was like, I'm running away. I left, went over Mark's house. I woke up because I had a car. They had gave me a car. I had a Chevette. Mm-hmm. I woke up the next day, the Chevette was gone. <laughs> my parents had came and Jeez. took the car. <laughs> oh man. They knew where I was going. They knew I wasn't running away, but it's like, you're not going to play these games in my house. That's right. Yeah. I I tried that as a kid as well, too, and I lived in the country, and I mean, so running away was, it was an effort, and when I went, like, I mean, literally, like, the neighbors are 300 yards away, so you get your bag, a backpack, and a a pair of jeans, a pair of underwear, and some socks, maybe a Van Halen t-shirt, and, you know, I'm I'm running away, Mom, and then you're like, this is a long walk. Well, okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? 
changed my mind. Yeah, I'm just gonna hang out here outside for a little bit. I'm gonna I'm I'm walking away and I'm gonna hang in the backyard for a while. I'll be back by dinner. What time's dinner, mom? Right. That's hilarious. Jump back to the chat for a second. We got uh, Princess uh, Lion Three Gold says, "I just watched that episode that we were talking about where you were, um, where your uh, Oscar was taken out of the show. Did a great job, and I wish your story didn't end. Oscar was my favorite." Um, it also says, I never had to beg for my life. And I'm not going to start now. Yeah, that's what she's echoing your statement there. Uh, Robbie Pearson, I was ashamed to see you written out of the show. Um, Gary Holt, uh, let me see here. Continue down. Um, <laughs> see, that's really cool. This is really cool, too. And I, you get this. Let me tell you this story. Yeah. So I had a guy. What's the guy who created the show? Um, Frank Darabont? No, not Frank. Robert Kirkman. Robert. Yep. So I was probably on my sixth episode. Okay. I've never met him. Okay. See him on the set. I go up to him and I introduce myself to him. And he looks at me like, yeah, I know who you are. I said, well, we've never met, but I just wanted to introduce myself to you. The very next episode, I get killed. Oh, (laughs) my God. I'm saying to myself, damn, I shouldn't have said anything to him. That's right. (laughs) Just smile and wave, smile and wave. Gee, that is but nice. I believe in being respectful to the people who's in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I felt like I should. I was supposed to. I mean, I'm sure I didn't get killed off because of that. No, of course not. But I like I, I'm need to introduce myself to him. I've been that so. way my whole career as well too. In music, obviously, it's a completely different career. But if I'm at a, a festival of some sort, I'm going to find the promoter. I'm going to go up and shake hands right away and say thank you, sir, really, or ma'am, whoever it may be. I really appreciate you having us here because that that's remembered. As opposed to the rock stars that come in here, okay, I need 14 feet of stage space. No bands can come over here, or you know, we relate that to actors as well too. Um, you know. You you just can't do that. You don't. You're not the Hollywood uh, rock star all the time. You can have that persona a little bit, but remember to treat everyone around you uh, with respect because there's going to be days. Sadly, we people don't remain a success all their lives. They come back down and they take some smaller roles to, to make ends meet. And uh, if you're a, a jerk to those guys growing up, going up, it's kind of right. sad when you come back down. Even even like for to the PAs, you know, mm-hmm. everybody is trying to grow and you know, do something better in their lives most of the time. So that PA might pass you up and become the first AD or director. And they're going to remember when you treated them like crap. That's right. I believe in that, man. You just, I'm not saying you got to kiss people's butts. Nope. But same breath, you just got to be respectful. And it's a team effort. Everybody has a job to do something to make that movie or that TV show win exactly so. oh it is a team effort tell me if you agree with this here again i'm using music only because i've never been into acting i never did any drama in school i hated it because c- i didn't know anything about it i really wish i would have probably pursued it but okay so, yeah <laughs> but think about this so go into a bar and you're you're one of three bands on a bill it's usually the case three four bands and what i usually like to do is first thing a lot of times i was one of those bands it was maybe second or third band out of four right or maybe even sometimes the first band i would walk in there i'd find out where the sound man is and sometimes the sound man is great and he's a hero. Sometimes he's just got called in and he doesn't even know what a, a console is, but he's there. 
I would introduce myself. If I saw that he was maybe drinking, I'd go over and buy him a beer. Say, I'm, I'm the guy from Band X. And uh, I re- it sounds really good what you're doing, man. Even if it sounded horrible, like a lot of times it did. Dude, that sounds great. Keep it up, man. Because now when it's our turn to go on stage, instead of us saying, hey, mate, turn it up. I can't hear my guitar. You know, he respects us. And then everybody wins out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, for, it's very cool. It's just, it's just how you talk to people. You know, it's just how you talk and how you how you maneuver yourself around. Yep, exactly. It goes a very long way. I'm trying to network and, you know, brand myself and not just play Oscar, but win an Oscar someday. I think it's, that's I think you can do it. I think you can do it. I'm and gonna, I like that. <laughs> you will. And you're going to have a lot of grandkids that are going to be very proud of that. <laughs> right. I already got a lot. It, you and know I what? know it's more to come. I already know there's more to come. That's awesome. We've got a, we've got a lot of grandkids here as well too. Uh, I'm I'm older than I look. I I think I'm older than you. I I think I'm I'm sure I'm older than you. I think I am. Do you want to share your age with us, or would you rather not? I'm 47. Then I am older I than you. Early. I say my parents been gotcha. been by my side for 70, 47 years. Okay, there you go. I, that's right. I'm 50 this year, so I <laughs> I I don't feel I'm like 50. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like a 50-year-old man. There's, there's uh, Some mornings uh, waking out of bed, uh, my back says I'm a 60-year-old man. But yeah, most <laughs> days I feel like a 30-year-old man, right? Well, we don't have to feel, we don't have to be our age. Right, yeah. right. And that, I think that's what people, when they just, you, they talk about, oh, I'm just old. And they start acting old and You'll be don't want to do anything. That's when you really and truly become old. That's right. Hell yeah. I agree with that act old you say you're old you're feeling old you're going to be old and that's why uh, nocturnal and i were talking about this the other day there's some people that are just so miserable on the inside with their lives whether they're these internet troll haters or they're just miserable people they look like they're 30 years older than they are it's the other people uh, i'm not saying you or i or anybody else uh, that we meet in in the common day are better than the other person but if you're happy on the inside you're overall you're going to look younger you're going to feel younger happiness goes a long way Sometimes when I go home to Dayton, Ohio, I know some some people are younger than me. Mm-hmm. But they just look old. Sure. And I think sometimes it's all the things people put in their bodies, mm-hmm. you know, and they just do it every day. You know, every day they drink and every day they smoke. And every day I think they're just deteriorating. Just, I don't know. I don't want to be like that. I know. I wow. I, I've had some friends request me on social media that I went, you know, sometimes we escape high school and it's sometimes it's, it's a good thing to escape some of that stuff. And then you, we have social media now it's caught up to us. And I've had a, one time I had a friend request me on Facebook and I thought when I saw the name and I saw the picture, I thought, Oh, this is the grandfather. Cause maybe they're just honoring the grandfather that passed away or something. And, and, and it was, <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> yeah, it was my friend. And I was like, Oh geez. You know, and right. it's, oh man, I guess my life wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. I don't mean in disrespect. I certainly don't. But oh boy, oh, that was a tough one. And I thank God I didn't say, "Oh, I'm so sorry about your loss" or or something like that. You know what I mean? It could have been horrible. Or some some girls that was hot in school. Oh, what happened? <laughs> now here's a question for you. 
isn't this the cancer of all cancers of of technology? I don't want to I don't want to make light of cancer, certainly not. Um, but the cancer of technology, this Instagram and these girls smoothing out their faces, you know, they could be like they could look like a um, a Sharpe dog, and then they look like there's like a smooth round. Uh, isn't that horrible? Hate those. Just like a friend of mine, if she's listening, Karen, <laughs> she's like a sister. She came to the play the other night, and I got her backstage to meet Snoop. Okay. And um, she loves putting the filters on. And she put a filter on me, and I'm like, that doesn't even look like me. <laughs> My eyes is all, like, shimmery and all this other stuff. Some of these girls, look, they have to stop putting all that stuff on because then once we finally look, see what you really look like, you don't look the same. Or you might look better with the butterfly eyes and the little freckles under there and all mm-hmm. that. It's like I can see, you know, teenagers or early 20s doing that. But if you're in your mid-30s to 50s, stop doing that. Please. 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 Yep. Stop doing that. You were hot in 1991, but uh, you know you could you now that that girl that you thought was hot in 1991. You're at a club. You walk by. Excuse me, ma'am. Pardon me. Uh, step aside. I'm just trying to get through here. Meanwhile, that was that was the hot girl, um, right. but you know, age didn't actually go her way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That that's really? another pet peeve of mine. It's nice, and we can have some fun. And I mean, I'm not going to lie too. I've got some wrinkles. I'd love to airbrush out and turn some grays into some blacks, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be where it, where it is. I'm happy with reality. I'm not saying I'm thrilled with it, but you can't change it. It's how it, what, you, what you make of it. That's right. Right on. Um, Gary Holt is talking about, uh, you know, meeting strangers on the internet. I know this happens, obviously, in a case with you big time with, uh, you know, people want to be fans and sometimes fans take it to the next level and you got to be very, very careful. And, you know, it's nice to see new people pop up and get into the woodwork and love to be a fan, but you got to be very careful and, and judge them you know, accordingly. And even Gary says, he says, first time I contact Eric, I think he may have thought I was just another internet weirdo. And, and that's, <laughs> you know, it's weird because sometimes some cool things become of random, um, meetings, right? Gary, in this case, um, we've got something coming up. That's very, very cool. We'll share on another show, but, um, it's, it's a blessing sometimes because now we can, th- whoops, I lost you there. We still, we still got you one second. Oh, we lost you just for a brief second. We're good. But sometimes of all the negativity that can come from this uh, social media that we have today and the internet, there are the random blessings. Meeting someone in another country that you share the same passion with. Maybe it's uh, you know a, a TV show that you like like we're talking about tonight. Or maybe it's just music and things like that. We didn't have that opportunity when you and I were growing up as kids. We would only go on the, in our neighborhood streets and hang out mm-hmm. until mom says, you know, the lights are on, uh, get back home. It's a different, different right. day today. I just, I just don't like when... You know, you connect with somebody or you accept their friendship or whatnot. And the first thing they do is ask you for something. Yes. I don't I don't like that. Nope. Or it's like we haven't even had a conversation. The first thing you're doing is asking me for something. Yeah. Or they ask me, well, I'm a model or I'm a singer. What should I do? You should ask somebody that's a model or a singer what you should do. I'm not that, <laughs> yeah. you know, I I can only, I can, um, inspire you to not quit or to give up. But if that's not my field, don't get upset with me. If I can't answer your question. Yeah. That, and I've got a lot of that going on too. 
it puts you in a very awkward position because when a person contacts you, so maybe someone adds you as a friend on Facebook or some other uh, social media platform and you accept it. So that's awesome. They're getting that giddy feeling right away. You know, the fact that, oh, Vincent just added me. I'm now his friend. Well, you know, here's one way to go about it. Either do nothing right away and just be happy that the Vincents of the world have added you as a friend. And then maybe down the road, you know, say, hey, Vincent, I've been watching your social media. I see that, um, you know, you're coming through Chicago. My mom and dad own this great pizza joint. You come on by and right. pizza's on me. That's cool. They're not asking for anything. And they're in. And I'm not saying you got to blow smoke up your butt either, but there's different ways to go about this. Yeah, I mean, people just flat out hit me with a GoFundMe. So a young lady hit me the other day with a bill. And I know her. I know her kind of. Yeah. I met her because I did a play somewhere. But she was talking about she was getting put out of her house, out of her apartment. And she showed me the bill and all that. I'm like, I don't even know you. Yeah. And how does that look? My wife, me sending money to a, another woman. Yeah. My wife would be like, uh, hell no. Yeah. You know? Or or somebody has a movie that I don't I don't I don't really know them and they're like yeah we just started a GoFundMe can you can you uh, post this for me I know and it puts you in I such an awkward position because now you got to do it for everybody if you if you say it, yes and and some people might be very deserving very exactly and then I mean a lot of times people. People are lying about these GoFundMe's and all that other stuff. A lot stuff. of times, a lot of times. Coming up, their GoFundMe is for them Christmas gifts. Yep. No, no, I'm not going to ask anybody. I don't even ask people for that. I know. You know what I mean? For myself. So why would I, I, I post for a stranger? That's right. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be breaking my own rule tomorrow, and I've had people ask ask me in the past, you know, can you share my my campaign and things like that. And I, first of all, I would never ask anyone to do that for me. I just wouldn't, even if I needed it. And if my son needed food, I would do whatever it took to get him his food, but I would not ask a stranger for it unless it was the end of days. Right. But anyways, um, and I've had people ask me, can you share my campaign? And I, I want to help, but I, and I, and I do help in ways. I won't, I won't say how I do, but there are ways I help without necessarily making a big spectacle out of it. But there's, I am going to break that rule tomorrow. I've got a guest coming on the show. And this is something you'll appreciate, obviously, too, in California with all these horrific wildfires that uh, the campfire and things like that, where a lot of people lost their stuff. I've got um, uh, a family member of uh, a, a major guitar company coming on the show tomorrow. They're iconic. They're for like from the 1950s. They built guitars for all the stars. And, you know, the tools that the father had were all handmade. They, you just couldn't go to the store to buy these particular things to make these iconic things. And that fire took out everything. So they do have a GoFundMe campaign in place for that. And I, and I honestly, in my heart... A lot of times I put myself on the line to try to help somebody and it will bite me in the ass, but I don't even care if this bites me in the ass. I feel good in my heart by doing it. And I know it won't bite me in the ass. I'm going to share the campaign tomorrow and I've got no vested interest in it. It's not going to help me at all. I'm not doing it for a badge. I just feel that I'm speaking with my shows. They speak to the guitar community. So I'm going to direct the guitar community over here. Let them, if they have some money, if they want to share it, cool. If they don't just give a thumbs up and the family will appreciate that too. That's totally different because you kind of know the know the people though. a little bit. Yeah, I'm talking about somebody who just comes out of the blue. Soon as I accept their friendship, five minutes later, can you do this? Can you do that? No, I don't know you. Yeah, you know that's that's what you're doing is something totally different yep. than how these people are approaching me with damn rent bills and all this other stuff. Like, 
Exactly. Nice. Well, it, and it the thing that makes me the most upset by that kind of thing is it puts you in a spot you don't want to be. Like one time I had a company, I just landed a deal with a company. So let's just say you pick up a Pepsi sponsorship, right? So you're, you're Pepsi sponsoring you and that's great. You know, there's, there's a nice deal, whatever. So I, I land a deal with a guitar company and the very next day I had a good, a good friend contact me and say, can you hook me up with that guitar company? And I was like, Oh, I said, like, the, I, I said the ink hasn't even dried. <laughs> and I want to, right? You want to be that person. But here's the deal. You just can't approach these companies and say, I got a guy for you. They have people involved that do that. They solicit them. It just, it puts you in a very awkward position. And I said, look, sir, I love you. You're a friend. I love you. You're a talent. But please don't put me in this position. I, I can't be in this position to do this because none of us are going to win out of this. Right. They end up closing the door on you. I know. And no, nothing happens for anybody. That's right. I know. We should just let let people get their foot in the door more. You know, let me let me up. I know what you do. Mm-hmm. Let me come and ask you if you need my help. Now, don't let me be the one to tell you I just got this. And now the next day you ask. No, that's right. Here's a perfect example. We talked about my friend Gary here in the chat, and I won't say the connection, but I'm going to do something that you'll appreciate. He's connected to a very, very famous person, very, very famous person, and he reached out to me, literally reached out to me and said, I want to introduce you to this person, okay? And and that's and I did not ask for a thing, and he'll, he'll vouch for that, and he's uh, reached out to here. But when he goes to this famous person's place, we're talking spread like never like a ranch literally a ranch and he could be fanboy when he goes in there he takes his phone as much as he'd love to be oh, wow oh wow take a picture of me with this like he puts his phone away and he's just friend and i love that and i admire that greatly like someone be let's say you confided in someone that it was a, an oscar fan and loved all your work whatever and they become a good friend of yours he comes over to your house he puts his uh, he puts his phone away and just let's you want to go outside and uh, shoot some shoot some baskets you want to go for a walk want to jog that's cool Right. Sometimes I, I call it. Sometimes you just gotta act like you belong. Yeah. Everything that you do or say doesn't have to be posted or talked about. You know, it, it just let's just be let's just be friends. Mm-hmm. Let's just be. Let me take a picture of you. You know. You know. Let's let's reverse it. It doesn't have to be about me. It's just like I don't I don't like when people say I'm a fan of yours mm-hmm. because to me. That's like you're putting me on a pedestal or sometimes that makes people think that they're better than you. You know, you're not really a you're not really not a fan of mine. You're a fan of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and I, I say it I or or you'd be like, oh, I'm your fan. I'm like, well, no, let's just be social media family. Yeah. You know, I don't I never want anybody to feel like. I'm above them because right. that's not how I look at anybody. I'm Vincent M. Ward before I'm Oscar from The Walking Dead, before I'm Big Sauce from Redemption yeah. of the Dog. You know, I'm just a guy that just happened to be on a few shows that people like. Mm-hmm. I could never just be that that arrogant or look down on people. That's not me. And it'll never be me. Because the same way that I got it, same way it could be taken, taken away just like that. That's right. And at the end of the day, seriously, at the end of the day, just because your pant legs are about, uh, you know, a foot and a half longer than ours, you put your pants on the same way as we all do. It's one one, one leg at a time, man. Yeah. And, and then what people don't realize sometimes, celebrities 
just want you to treat them like they're regular people. Mm-hmm. Oh, they do. Yeah. Greatly they do. When I first started working on The Walking Dead, people were asking me some crazy questions like, were, were you intimidated by them? Were you starstruck? It's like, what? I said, I'm a professional actor, too. And no disrespect to anybody on the show, but I never heard of any of them. Mm-hmm. The only person that I knew was Michael Rooker. Of course. I didn't know anything about Norman, Andy, none of them. You know, and I had never seen what was that, uh, the, the movie everybody talks about with Norman, Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. I've never even seen or heard of that. Sean Patrick so, Flannery. Yeah, it's like, why would I be intimidated by them? Or why would I be fanboying about them? When it goes back to you got to act, you got to act like you belong. That's right. You have to do that all the time. Yep. Just do what you're supposed to do. And keep it moving. Here's an example. It's not exactly in the same uh, genre, but why do you think all these people from you know from the Woodstock days and hippie days to current days that are gate crashers get to backstage to meet the bands all the time? They look like they're supposed to be there. They look the part. They fit the part. They're the part, right? Right. They're either they're carrying a guitar case or they got some kind of a laminate or they got the hair or they're dressed to the nines. They look like they're supposed to be there and they're there. That's what you're doing as well, too. And I, I love that and I applaud it greatly. The fact that, you know, you're, you're focused on it. And I even get people asking me sometimes. I run a very, very small program here. But p- speaking to people like yourself and a lot of musical celebrities, I've just started doing this this uh, Rocking Dead thing recently. It goes back a long way, but I just started doing it recently. So I'm doing Walking Dead stuff. But I've talked to all of our favorite musicians growing up as kids. And a lot of people look at me like, Eric, isn't it hard to not fanboy? And there's moments, there's moments like maybe one of your special celebrities, you're kind of like, you know, I'll switch the camera and I'll giggle for a minute. (laughs) You know what I mean? But for the most part, I have my composure and I have a job to do. And at the end of it, then sometimes when it's, thank you, we'll see you, good night. Then I'm kind of like, whoa, that was kind of weird, right? Or I'll watch it back and I'm like, holy crap, that was cool. But I'm I'm doing a job which I love. But I'm in the moment. I'm I'm just I like with you tonight. I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of your acting. But at the same time, I don't feel like I'm talking to a major celebrity. That you're treating me with some great respect back. Honestly, we could probably right. talk about everything other than Walking Dead, and we probably have a blast. Exactly. And even like when I when I met Snoop, that was the first thing I did. I didn't. I wasn't thinking about taking a picture or showing a video or mm-hmm. all, any of that. My first thing is I'm here for I'm here to work. I, I'm here for a job. You know, every time I don't, I don't like, believe it or not, I don't like posting everything that I do. Mm-hmm. But in the same breath with this today's society, a lot of times these casting directors might hire you because of your following. Sure, sure. hire you because of the lack of following. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a bunch of BS for the simple fact. So you hire this guy with 500,000 followers that's not that talented but you won't hire this guy with ten thousand followers that's very talented Mm -hmm. or got these people who make these funny videos or these reality show people and that's what you to me the 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 word celebrity is out the window because everybody is a celebrity on social media if they have a bunch of followers that's true you know you people to endorse them because they have a bunch of followers but to me, in my mind, those people are still what you call the 15, million, 15 minutes of fame. Yep. You know, so you're going to hire him over me because of his followers. Okay, fine. We'll see how long that lasts. That's right. 
And, and here's an example too. There's been a couple opportunities in my life where I've met some people that were I've idolized my whole my whole life. And just opportunity, either me being awkward or the opportunity didn't present itself. And I didn't take out a phone or a camera, didn't take a picture. And people ask you there, did you get a picture? And I'm like, no, but I got this in my memory. So think of it this. Let's say we're out there and we're taking all these, you know, there are a lot of people out there. They want to go get a picture with all the celebrities. And I'll be doing some at NAM in California in the winter. I'll get a, a, some shots with some of my a, people I, I love. Um, but at the same time, if I don't, these pictures were like, whether we save them, whether we put them on our computer, whether we print them, we're going to lose some of these pictures over our lives, but we can never lose that memory. You know, I would much rather meet you in person, shake your hand, go out for some burgers or something. And remember having a fun conversation at a restaurant, as opposed to look guys, I got a picture here with Vincent. You know what I mean? The pictures are going to be gone someday. And honestly, a lot of times I, I see people with their phones out or whatnot, and we'll be having a conversation and I asked them, let's take a picture. Because I know that's what they want. Make it easy. Want to do. But let's at least have a conversation first. Yes. You know, get to know the person first. If if they allow that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, it was been a lot of celebrities that's been coming to the play that we just we just had. And I didn't take pictures with them. But some of them I did, you know, like with some of the people that I really respected and probably would never see again. I definitely took a picture with them. But in the same breath, it was like they had so much respect for my character from the play. And, you know, and for somebody that I've always looked up to, you know, to tell me how good of a job that I'd done, I, that made me feel good, you know, so... I'd love to see a blind uh, comparison test between someone, you know, I, I, I obviously I respect all these conventions. Uh, people, you know, they'll stand in line for hours to go meet the Oscars, you know, and, and, and meet him and get a picture and literally standing in hours or someone that has and look at that picture and then look at the one where we just had that long conversation. And, and then Vincent says, let's get a picture. And you look at the eyes, look at the soul, look at the, the reaction of the people's faces. There's going to be much more life in that photo that post conversation than just waiting behind a little turnstile to get into take a picture yeah because me and lou we used to go out together a lot for mm-hmm. convention whatnot and we've had some fun times like in the bars or the clubs or <laughs> in the airport with people you know just having a good time taking the pictures and just having conversations or whatnot so i know uh, honestly i was supposed to have met lou today okay after I from the airport but my bag was three hours late. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, because we're talking about doing. He 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 called me. What texted me last week about uh, opportunity about doing something together this spring. So we were gonna sit down and talk about that. I'd love to see that. I'd love that man to death. And I got to I got to give him a little bit of credit. And I'm gonna share something with you. And then we're gonna just read a few more comments, and we'll wrap up for 10:30 here our Eastern time. Um, so to give you an idea, and I know you've been on board with a lot of Walker Stalker conventions, where this whole thing came from, Rocking Dead, was that I used to write a column years ago for James and Eric at the Walker Stalkers long before their success. And I applaud those those gentlemen greatly. They they saw something like you and they put their eyes on it. And they didn't stop. It started with a little podcast. We were actually the first people they asked to come to Walker Stalker, the prisoners. That is awesome. <laughs> that says a lot about them. That says a lot about them. Yeah. So we, we, I started writing a column for them called Rocking Dead, and that was on their website, and that was focusing on the musical score 
of The Walking Dead because, and I'm sure you can appreciate this, and especially with plays and and and, and um, you know in theater, uh, the soundtrack is an actor in itself, right? Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with that. So that was my that they kind of hired me to do that, focus on the musical scores. And then they pretty much got successful overnight. They didn't really need me anymore, and, and I know they didn't need me, and they, they went on their own way. We were never left on bad terms. Just fly out of the out of the nest, guys, and go do what you got to do. And I just kind of went my way. But they introduced me to Lou, and Lou and I became remained friends ever since that day. So we're talking a decade, probably. And uh, so we've kept in touch ever since. And then when I started this show, as well, I actually shouldn't say this show, but the, the YouTube show for the music... Um, he, um, uh, so, sorry, I, I thought it was my better half here, Sandra Lee says, you, you should do um, a, a Rocking Dead or a Walking Dead show. You have so much knowledge on the Walking Dead. Do it. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 I, I can't throw a wrench in the, in the mix here. I got to do strictly music. And then about two months back, six o'clock in the morning, um, I said, I woke up with a dream, like an uh, epiphany. And I said to her, I said, I'm going to, I got this great idea for a show on YouTube. It's going to be all Walking Dead related. And she, she laughs at me. And I'm like, why are you laughing at me, hun? Like, I don't think it's that bad of an idea. She goes, really, really? That's the same thing I told you before. <laughs> exactly. Women, the, our our wives, man. They they're the, okay. Is your wife ever wrong? Say it right now. Probably not, right? No. No. Okay. <laughs> even even if she is, we're gonna say no. Okay. I'm gonna say my, I'm gonna say no too. They're, they're they're wrong once in a while, once in a very. But I mean, no, they're not. So, anyways, I started doing it. And here we go. So we brought Rocking Dead back to life. And I'm really thrilled for one reason that I get to talk to people like yourself and get to, and as much as we sprinkle in the Walking Dead, I mean, I had so much Walking Dead content to ask you tonight. And it's, and I, I, lo- I love the fact that we didn't really touch on it. We're just kind of chatting, man. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said, I just don't want to play Oscar. I want to win an Oscar. I love that. And that's what I move. I, uh, Clear was starting to clear out my closet because I mean I had my time, but my time is is over there. You know I'll yeah. always be a part of it, but I'm trying to move on from that. Of course, and you know going back to what you were saying about the guys with Walker Stalker, you guys starting off together. Mm-hmm. One thing I don't understand is why is it we can work together when we're down here, but when you move up, why we can't move up together? I know, I never understand that. Yeah, and I've reached yeah. out. I've reached out to him a couple of times, and the only thing I can say is I know, and I, I seriously, I mean this with all due respect. They're just too busy, and and I can respect that. I'm busy, and I'm small. I can only imagine what they're like. So I, I, I seriously wish them and their families. I mean, they're setting up some great things for their families. I can't honestly say anything bad about those gentlemen, but I, I agree. It would just be nice, even if they wanted to help share some contacts for some guests. But I would never ask it. I certainly would never ask it. And I have reached out to ask them, come on, just to appear and chat, and so I could say thank you for the opportunity I had as a young, you know, you know, lad doing what I was. I was not. I wasn't a young lad, but a young in the business, right? But it, it is what it is, and I have, I have no disrespect. I love them. Right, right. I mean, not even just them. I'm just talking about period yep. with, with with people. How do we start off together, and you might grow a little faster than me, and then you forget about me. Yeah, not saying you know, but I just don't understand that in life. To me, loyalty is everything. If we start off together, we're gonna grow together. We're gonna stay together. That's right. I agree. I I look at it on a small scale like this here. I've, I'm, I'm about to celebrate something which is kind of special to me and my family here. And probably by tomorrow, I'll have 10,000 subscribers here on YouTube. Very organic, right. you know, grinding the streets, guerrilla warfare out there in the streets, putting up posters and basically that kind of style of promotion, slow and steady. 
Whereas my fiance here on her channel, she's just kind of starting out and she's got a smaller channel, but mm-hmm. I still, I still celebrate the 250s. Like I'm celebrating at 10,000. Like it's so important. Like, so this numbers aren't everything, right? It's just celebrate every little thing in life because a lot of little things add up over years, right? Right. Where are you located? Ontario, Canada. I'm kind of, um, if you, you'd be familiar with Toronto. So I'm, I would say safely to put a little map on the thing without having people show up and, 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 you know, burn my house down tomorrow. Um, probably between Windsor, the Detroit, Winter Detroit border and Toronto. Someone in that neighborhood. That's in Detroit, and we we saw the bridge. Yeah, going over to Canada. Yeah. Have you been over here to Canada much or ever? I've been to Ontario. Yeah. Whereabouts in Ontario? <laughs> uh, it was for a convention. Okay. Ham, uh, probably Hamilton or Niagara Falls, possibly. I think it was in the Niagara Falls. Yep, Walker Stalkers or Fan Expo would have done some stuff there. Yeah, actually, now, no, this, not, not this was small. Yeah, no, it wouldn't have been Walker Stalkers because they haven't done anything in Canada, but either Fan Expo or something like that. But I, I remember seeing some advertisements. Yeah, I've yeah. been around, been around. But once Devereaux comes, I'm telling you, it's going, it's going to put me back up there in a convention, in a convention world. So I'm looking forward to that, man. I'm so happy for you. This, no, I'm going to give you the first exclusive. I appreciate that, and I will. I will work very hard to uh, earn that exclusive. So I trust me. I'll work hard. I'll do my research. I'll, uh, you know. <laughs> this has been fantastic. I'm just going to scroll through the chat. I'm going to miss a bunch of people. But we're going to wrap up here in just a minute. Let you fly. Um, so this a lot of great stuff coming up on The Walking Dead. We didn't get a chance to talk a lot about that, but you know what? There's always other days for The Walking Dead, and I'm going to reach out to you, Vincent, too. Maybe in the uh, in the spring of uh, next year as well, too. We'll see where you're at. We'll talk some things as well too but um everybody we're gonna let you fly here in just a moment don't forget to tune in again tomorrow night it's an irregular show for me tomorrow night but nine o'clock eastern tomorrow night we're gonna be talking to uh michael charvel from the charvel guitar family and we'll be talking about that but uh just in closing here vincent i want to obviously thank you and i thank you for everyone in the chat uh, that got a chance to you know kind of see you tonight um anything you want to say in closing before we let you fly Hey man, I just appreciate you having me, man. I had a great time, and it's it's good to have a conversation that just flows, and that's that's what we did. Just you made it, you made it flow, and I I appreciate it. And I thank you, and thank you everybody in the chat room too. We will for sure. Listen, I'm going to say goodbye to you off the air, so don't go away. But everyone, thank you so very much. A happy Monday to you all. We'll see you again very very soon, and celebrate all those little milestones in life, and celebrate every single one of them. Job promotion, uh, maybe a, a new mouse at your at your workstation, at your office, whatever it is, celebrate it. And I'm not talking about a mouse that needs a mouse trap. I'm talking about a computer mouse. That's that's really bad. We'll see everyone very very soon. Until next time, Please. cheers. <laughs> Hey, EVH Gear TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book. There are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. 
Be sure to check out our website at evhgeardiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.